So, we have been in a series called Four, because we are for Jesus, we are for each other, and we are for the other. And today, on Serve Sunday, we're for Markle. And we are for our community because we value serving others alongside one another because we are for Jesus. You see how that works backwards? Funny. Um, So I wanted to share a story and a quick devotional thought this morning from the Gospel of Mark. It occurs in chapter 10, verses 35 through 45. And it's an interesting story, and its placement is also interesting uh, as far as when it happens in sequence with the Gospel. Because in the Gospel of Mark, Jesus uh, is is teaching, and a, a rich man comes to him and asks him, you know, what he must do to inherit eternal life. And when Jesus responds, he, he basically says, well, I've, I've kept all the commands that, that are out there. And, and Jesus basically says, well, I've got one more for you because he noticed that he was rich and that he had a lot of possessions. And he really valued those possessions. In fact, those possessions gave him value. And so Jesus said, I want you to sell everything you have, give it to the poor, and then come follow me. And we're told that the man went away sad because he was going to have to give up what gave him value. Now, after this situation occurred, Jesus predicts for a third time that he is going to go to the cross. And when he does this prediction, every time he does this prediction, his disciples are befuddled by it. Because in their minds, no Messiah of ours is going to end up on a Roman torture and execution device. That's not how this is supposed to go down. Messiahs, as we understand, are here to overthrow and conquer our oppressors, to give us freedom. And what we find out is the disciples, they had something that they valued. Unlike the rich man who had possessions that gave him his intrinsic value, the disciples found themselves holding their value on the basis of having been chosen by the Messiah. A Messiah that was going to overthrow the rulers, give them freedom, and now that they were in his inner circle, they would rule alongside Jesus. And it's this backdrop This desire to hold on to value, this desire to hold on to significance, that two of his disciples, the sons of Zebedee, James and John, come and make a request to Jesus. And that's the story I want to share this morning. You can just follow along if you want to look on your phones or in your Bibles, you can. We're in Mark 10, 35 through 45, but I just want you to listen to this story for a moment. Says James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came forward to Jesus and said to him, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. That's never a good start. You're going to say what you want, you know? And he said to them, What is it you want me to do for you? And they said to him, Appoint us to sit, one at your right and one at your left, in your glory. But Jesus said to them, you do not know what you're asking. Are you able to drink from the cup that I drink? 
or be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? They replied, we are able. Then Jesus said to them, the cup that I drink you will drink. And with the baptism with which I am baptized, you will be baptized. But to sit at my right hand or my left is not mine to a point, but it is for those for whom it has been prepared. When the ten heard this, they began to be angry with James and John. So Jesus called them and said to them, You know that among the Gentiles, those whom they recognize as their rulers lord it over them. And their great ones are tyrants over them. But it is not so among you. Instead, whoever wishes to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wishes to be first among you must be slave of all. For the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Now this is what's happened here. James and John are in the Messiah's inner circle. They're part of the twelve. They have found their value in being called to Jesus' inner circle and they want more. They want more value. They want more significance. They want more prestige. They want more power. And so they go to Jesus and they say, we want you to do something for us. And the insinuation, by the way, in the story is that they've done this in private. They don't want the other ten disciples to know what they're asking Jesus. They're thinking, we'll get a leg up on the competition here. And they go to Jesus and they ask for this request. And Jesus first stops them and he says, you don't know what you're asking for. He says, can you drink from the same cup that I'm drinking from? And can you be baptized with the baptism that I'm baptized with? And no, by the way, Jesus is not just talking about being dunked under the water in this moment. He's referring to what's coming. Because remember what Jesus did right before they came to him. He predicted his death. And guess where he's going to enter into after this story? The triumphal entry into Jerusalem. He is going to die. He is going to face suffering. He's going to face persecution. Can these two sons of Zebedee share in Jesus' suffering? Well, they don't know what he's talking about, so they say, sure we can. We just want the seats. And then Jesus says, well, guess what? I, I can't give you that. They're prepared for somebody else, and it ain't you. So then the other ten, they find out. They catch wind of what's going on and they get really, really angry at the other two for making a power play on the power move to give them extra value. And Jesus calls them all together and says, guys, we got we to huddle on the court here. I need to tell you something. And this is what Jesus says. He says that the, the rulers of the Gentile world around you, the rulers of the world around you, they lord it, they tyrant they use their oppressive thumb to keep power over their subjects. But in my kingdom and amongst you, my followers, my disciples, it will not be so. No, in God's economy, if you want to have value, if you want to have significance, if you want to have influence, you'll be a servant and slave of all. And then Jesus says, by the way, your king, your Messiah, the one who actually has the power. I did not come to exhibit power, but to serve and to give my life a ransom for many. 
My friends, if you are for Jesus, if you are for each other, if you are for the other, if you are a disciple of Jesus, you have found your significance. You have found your value. You have found your influence. What we are about to embark on today, and not just today, but with our whole being, in every moment of our lives, in every moment to speak the word and to live it out amongst and for the benefit of others, we exhibit our value to God. When we are for our community as we are going to be today, even in the elements, when we show up to serve and to show love to our neighbors, we live out the reality that we have found our value and significance to God. And we are showing others their value and significance too. Please do not take what we are about to do this morning lightly. It may feel a little bit less than because the rain has come. And you may think, well, we're just going to go out and we're going to do these things and we're going to go about our day. But when we serve, we are living out what Jesus said his kingdom was about this morning. And so I want you to keep that on the forefront of your minds. If you are picking up trash, if you are rolling a paintbrush, if you are cleaning up a cemetery, if you are serving folks in the rehab place, whatever it is that you do today and beyond, remember that you are living out the call to be a disciple you are for Jesus, we are for each other, and we are for the other today. I want to end our time together here with a moment of communion. As Jesus said in this passage, his last words were that he is here to give his life a ransom for many. Jesus' ultimate act of service and sacrifice was when he laid down his life for our sake. And every moment that we choose to serve others, we not only remember what Jesus did for us, but in a small way, we enact Jesus' self-sacrifice for others. So I want to take a brief moment of quiet to contemplate what Jesus said and what Jesus did. And then we will take communion together. I will pray, and then I will give us our directions one more time and we'll exit this building and we will serve today. I invite you to take this bread and eat. This is his body which is given for us. And I invite you to take and drink from this cup. This is his blood which is poured out for us. Please join me in prayer. Dear Lord God, I thank you for this morning. I thank you, Lord, that uh, you meet our desire for significance with a calling to belong to you, to belong to a church family, and to serve others. And I thank you, God, that you have emboldened us and empowered us to meet that calling that highest significance that we can find. So God, I pray that you will uh, be with us, be our, 
be our hands, our feet. Help us to uh, love our neighbors this morning. And help us to always keep on the forefront of our mind your love for us and your call uh, to us to be your followers. I pray, God, that you will give us success today and beyond, not just the worldly view of success, but success as defined by your kingdom and your calling, that everything that we do and everything that we say will lead to being uh, disciple-makers, and that this morning uh, our work that we do will be a part of that. Pray these things in your Son, Jesus' name. Amen.